It's Tech Talk Taco Tuesday live from Pahrump in the Dirt Bike Test Palatial Well-Lit Studio. I'm Jimmy Lewis. This is where we talk about dirt bike and dirt bike related products. I answer your questions. Um, I'm right uh, 70% of the time, at least. I can verify that uh, 20% of the time. So I will try to... uh, yeah, answer your questions. Uh, keep it honest. Keep it real. I see a lot of these questions that kind of come through a lot of the different posts or social media stuff all the time, and I want to respond to them, but I just don't have time to type. And then seems like you can get in a pretty good um, uh, discussion there. I will call it a discussion to be polite. And then I don't have time to go defend myself, and then I'm wrong. So here uh, you can't uh, shoot me down because it's – my podcast, and I'm just going to tell you the way I think. <laughs> so good on you. Um, so we're going to talk about tonight, we are going to talk about the 2020 KTM uh, TPI two-strokes that I raced uh, and rode last week up in Washington and in Oregon and again in Nevada. Uh, I spent a fair amount of time. I think I've got over 12 hours on the 300 now. I have some interesting stuff to tell you about that. Uh, I raced the 150 uh, XCW also. Uh, I'm going to talk about that one a little bit because I also, in the course of riding, I got to ride a carbureted 150, a 2017 or 18 uh, carbureted one. So I have some back-to-back that I can talk about. I am going to talk about the Christini 450 AWD that we just published uh, our first riding impression on up on the website. So that's uh, dirtbiketest.com if... Uh, you don't know about that, I can uh, tell you a little bit about that, or you can actually, instead of watching me um, sit here and talk, you could actually click over on that and read it, and then you could probably come up with some questions. It's a pretty, I would say, light review on the technical side of things, uh, but it's more of an explanation on how uh, the all-wheel drive system works and stuff, although we, I did kind of go into the, the new bike, which is all it's uh, all-new fuel engine management system on that one for this year. And then uh, I have uh, the questions uh, that I'm going to get to. And I'm going to do a product of the week talk because I, I had a really good experience with uh, a product that I like and I felt like I should tell you about it. So I will do that as well. So to get started, um, I'm going to go over my uh, KTM TPI questions. And then um, if you have more, feel free to chime in. I'm seeing that they are popping up on the screen now. So that's good. Uh, so the first question, this is from Justin Bradley. He asked any tuning changes needed to put on a higher compression head. And the answer is yes, I think so. Um, so like, like anything, these bikes, the way they come they're they're tuned to run stock the way they are. This is a competition bike, so it's not like it's a corked up. They're trying to get what they feel the best performance is for that bike. So much so, in fact, that they don't really even want you to adjust the power valve, which I went ahead and did to just see um, what happens. And uh, so anytime you change something, and especially on a two-stroke, when you start changing compression ratios, uh, you would, if you had a carburetor, more than likely probably have to jet it. So that's the exact same thing with the fuel injection. And the other thing I did was I went and got my hands on one of the JD jetting tuners specifically designed for the um, the two-stroke. And basically, it's the same tool and interface. It just has two plugs, one that goes to each of the uh, injectors that are sitting on the transfer ports. And it works almost exactly the same as it does on a four-stroke. You can make it richer and you can make it leaner in all of the same areas. And uh, I was pretty, pretty impressed with it. Um, it didn't seem to make like as much of a difference uh, in some respects as it does on a, on a four stroke a um, little harder to notice it. Cause it, it seemed, but then there was points where you could actually get the bike to almost shut down. I mean, you could make it too lean or too rich where all of a sudden it would bog like a, a traditional carburetor when you went outside the, what probably the parameters it works in. So um, yes, if you do any, um, any changes uh, I think you're going to have to couple it with some sort of a fuel management system, whether that's a JD tuner, which is a very simple one. I'm sure companies like Vortex and Get will have their, you know, they replace the entire ECU 
although I don't know how quick that's going to come. You see the ECU on this bike. It's a big, it's a big unit. It's uh, actually built by Continental, and then it controls the Del Ordo parts that are um, part of the throttle body and stuff. So, uh, yes, Grant Plansky wants to know, what is the miles per gallon? I have been average, averaging 35 miles a gallon uh, as, a, as an average. Um, I can get a little bit better if I'm careful, but I'm not careful most of the time because I'm just uh, screwing around and trying different stuff. So 35 is kind of where I'm at. So it puts you a little over 70. Uh, and we did a 68-mile loop, and I still had, you know, I think I was going to say about 10, 10, gallon, or 10 more miles easy in the tank. But I haven't run it out yet, so I can't tell you exactly. But when I fill it up at the pump, it's doing about 35. It's anywhere from 33 to 37 is the range. Uh, Morgan wants to know, what are the wrinkles in the pipe for? So when you look at the pipe, and you can kind of see it up in the picture behind me very carefully, the pipe has these, um, it's a good term for it, wrinkles. Um, they are to strengthen the pipe. They're, they're um, essentially kind of divots, and I haven't cut, cut it open to see if they're rippled inside, but I suspect it is because it would be pretty difficult to shield it, you know, make it double walled or something, but they're not doing that. Um, but those are to add strength to the pipe. And it's actually, I pulled the pipe off. It's actually a pretty heavy gauge. Um, it would be more equivalent to if you bought one of the older like FMF Burley pipes when they used to make the thicker gauge uh, two-stroke pipes. That's the kind of the weight of that particular pipe. And the, putting those uh, creases in there um, adds a certain amount of strength. And I've put the bike down a couple times and it uh, seems like it's working. Um, not, I can't really tell specifically because I don't, I don't know if you know, that would have dented a normal one or not, but it's, uh, it's has some scratches on it and it's still not dented. The other thing, if you look at that pipe, it's very ovalized. They've, they've gone to a lot of effort to, um, turn that pipe instead of just being round tubes into an oval shape to tuck it up closer, uh, closer to the engine, make it not stick out as much, uh, the shape they did, um, with the, uh, with the, uh, the turns and stuff. So, uh, did a, did a good job with that pipe. Jesse, this is Jesse's a top fan. I seen that little tag on his there. Um, you mentioned the XC and XCW having the same gear ratios. Uh, I don't think I said that. Um, like, see, why not um, make the XC tighter to give you more pop uh, for the hardcore racer? So the XC has a has a has a uh, motocross gearbox in it, or it's I think they call it a semi wide ratio. I should probably look at the uh, sheets. Hey Bob, you want to you want to do research? Go over there on that table. And there's two big, um, they look like placemat-sized folded pieces of orange paper. And look in the specs on the back and see what it says about the, uh, about the transmission ratios. But from what I can tell, first gear on the XCW is much lower than on the XC. And I never got a chance to ride the new XC wide open like I did the XCW. But I think the upper gear ratios... Um, yeah, I, I'd have to actually see the gear spread chart sometimes they give us, but um, I think that the that the somebody said the first two gears are what's changed, and I know the final drive uh, is slightly altered. I think it's by one or two teeth between an XC and XCW. So, uh, but for sure, uh, with a hundred percent certainty, if you are racing, the XCW first gear is basically useless unless you're racing extreme enduro. So. Um, Anyways, that's the uh, answer to that. So yes, I, I, the, the, they do have different gearboxes. They definitely call the XCW a wide ratio, and then they, they, I don't know whether they call it close ratio or semi, uh, or semi wide or something like that on the XC. Uh, Jennifer Crooks asks, is the pipe bang under D cell an issue? And so what she is talking about is like sometimes when you have especially a, a, a richly jetted. Uh, two-stroke when you on diesel it goes bing 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 you know more common on the on the large displacement bikes um and for the most part no uh it's the the fuel injected bikes are so perfect in their jetting or their their fuel management uh that they they don't do that too much that's not to say that you can't with the with the idle adjust and it does it every once in a while but i would say it's maybe 90 percent less just stock for stock, you know, especially compared to the Makuni, um, you know, with, with the idle set comparably. So, um, no, it's not an issue. I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's, 
it's uh, better um, on that. So good question. Uh, George, <laughs> should I have waited until 2020 model year for the 300? <laughs> yeah, you probably should have. Um, I don't know. Um, so, so the big change that they made on the engine management system and, and, uh, I'll, uh, I'll get I'll I'll talk about this is that is that they added an ambient air pressure sensor because there were some issues and it's funny a few people asked me questions about um, what the bike you know they sent in they said hey my bike gets really lean or really rich when I do this you know or when I'm just riding it and so I did um, a climb uh, basically a two thousand foot climb on a road at a mine and and kind of rode up it. And after 2,000 feet, I stopped, and I, I didn't shut the bike off. But I, when you're on the gas and stuff, you don't notice it too much. But, boy, when it comes back down to idle, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, this thing's lean. And, and then I started paying attention to it. And even when I was kind of rolling it on and stuff, it had gotten lean. But when I went up an altitude, strangely, uh, the, uh, the, it, was, it was very lean. And if you shut the bike off and then just tap the starter – and then start it back up, it's perfect again. So I don't know if that ambient air pressure sensor is taking readings all the time or just when you start it. Um, so, and so I did that, I, and, and I, had, I did it when I had the JD jetting tuner on it. I thought, okay, maybe. So I took it, I disconnected it and did it again, and it duplicated it. And with the tuner, I could actually richen the mixture back up and get it to... Um, I could richen the mixture back up while it was still running. I don't need that, Bob. You just uh, you just sit over there and and just answer the question. <laughs> you don't have to waddle through here with all the noise making papers, because um, I could hear him. Uh, but anyways, so the the mixture um, so it's getting it gets lean, and then so yesterday when I was out here. On the way down off the mountain, I, I left it, you know, I made sure it stayed running for a 2,000 foot drop in elevation and it got rich, noticeably rich. So it's, uh, it's an issue. I think that was something that they really wanted to fix and I don't think they necessarily did. Now, the, the amount of times you're actually going to cover, you know, and it takes about 2,000 feet before you notice it. So um, you, so, it's that's that's not been corrected or altered you can shut the bike off and start it i don't maybe in their testing they never went 2000 feet <laughs> before it happened um i've been able to duplicate it a few times so we'll see kind of what happens but that would be the biggest thing that i think they would want to make changes on but between the 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 19 and the 20 especially on the xcw because it got an all new chassis is they did a brilliant job with that chassis and the suspension works even better so um I don't know if you're gonna it and the, the cool thing about it is the feel that you get on that on that bike now, the planted feel, the comfort um is so good with you know working with the suspension, yet the bike still feels really light. Because typically when you get a bike that feels that light, it dances around and deflects, and this bike does none of that. Um and I that's why I really wanted to get it back down here and ride it on our gravel and some of our kind of soft trails with the with the loose rocks and stuff that kick the bike around because I didn't experience that a whole lot um up north. But uh I came back yesterday and I was completely surprised. So yeah, George, you made a mistake. Uh traded you want you can sell I will buy your nineteen uh for a substantially reduced price because you've worn it out, I'm sure, and then then the couple months that you had it. So uh those are our uh, questions on the the uh, the TPI bikes. <sighs> yep, yeah, I had to uh, take care of that problem. Um, and I'm going to go run back through the questions and see what we've got here. Um, let's see. Um, I got a thumbs up. That's good. Uh, let's see. Excited to read about the Christini. Meant to go back to that. I'm going to get to that, Chris. Thank you. Um, let's see. Greg Moore. Jimmy, just letting you know the 2020. Okay. That's good, Greg. Were you the one that asked about the spark plug? Because I did check that. So it is a standard uh, BR7ES spark plug. Um, yeah. He, uh, see, sometimes even the guys that give us the information, David, uh, <laughs> don't have it all on point. And, you know, he's, he's, his job is more to make sure that um, the journalists are well-fed and pampered 
uh, and not to memorize every sing- single fact because, you know, of course, they have to know the facts for what KTM has to 20 or 30 bikes. But um, I did go check that. That's why I like to get the bike and take it away so I can play with it. And the next thing I want to do, and I, I got to ask permission because um, I don't like, just like to tear into perfectly good bikes. I want to pull the cylinder head off of that thing because uh, it does do a little bit of detonation. And I, I heard it. You hear it all the time, and I want to look to see if there's any um, noticeable marks on the piston or on the cylinder head. So uh, that call is probably coming tomorrow morning when I uh, ask to talk to somebody that knows a little bit more about the uh, jetting issue. So, okay, Bob, what's the question on the transmissions? Well, they don't give the ratios, but the primary ratios are different between the XC and the XCW. The primary ratio? Yeah. Between the clutch and the... the... Yeah, I'm assuming that's what that are you are you you're not looking at make sure you're looking at 300 to 300 not 150 to 300 well, so 300 yeah i'm pretty sure they're the same yeah, right. so 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 the final draw i know the final drive is off one and and what but what do they call the transmission one is called a wide ratio and the other one is called a it just says six speed constant mesh Six gears. And the other one is six oh, gears. Six gears, wide ratio for the X. Okay. Six, six, gears six, six speeds. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't specifically say, and that's the kind of stuff that, that I can, I can ask and get uh, more specific answers. But anyways, yeah, Greg. T- uh, so, so, uh, yeah. And I was told that there was no real big difference. There was some different resistor inside of that plug. And I think they were just in the beginning, probably being very careful about anything that could affect that, uh, that ECU and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, Grant, 35 miles an hour, 35 miles a gallon. I just saw you joined in there. Uh, let's see. Is it something that could be Frankensteined onto another bike? David, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, thoughts on adding an ounce an ounce to the gas for TPI? Uh, ounce of what? What are we talking about here? I'm trying to go back up to the questions to see. Um, yeah, an ounce of what? <laughs> uh, I I don't I it, it, so I haven't I have yet so I put like six tanks. Well, I filled the tank up six or seven seven times now, and I still have quite a bit of oil inside of the reservoir. So um, it's it's funny you just almost forget about it, but that might be a bad thing if you i mean there's a light that's going to come on eventually but i'm waiting for that to happen but i'm kind of i'm really waiting to see how many hours and how many miles i'm going to get based on the oil because i think that's more accurate than quote tanks of gas because sometimes it's completely empty and sometimes it's um almost almost full let's see they have some aftermarket ecus for the two strokes um they do okay do you plan on testing any of them uh i have heard good things about the ethene ecu um I'd like to test them. Uh, it just depends. I'm actually trying to get my hands on uh, George's uh, 300 uh, TPI bike to test all this stuff on, like when he sells it to me real cheap. So uh, that's, uh, that's yeah, I'd like to try it because see, see what they can do. Because, I mean, even just the JD tuner was, was pretty good. But you, with the bike being stock as it is right now, I didn't need to do it. But So what I did was I went and started playing with the power valve. And so my power valve was set at like 3.4 turns out from let me let me let me make sure i do this Th- 3.4 turns from all the way out because if you screw it all the way in it'll it'll go inside the cases so i unscrewed mine all the way back in and it's 3.4 turns back in and so i was able to without making a fueling adjustment without having anything really happen much go a turn in either direction and it it does pretty drastically changed the the um the power delivery so i i thought it would affect the the engine management a little bit more the fueling a little bit more but it didn't or it didn't make it that bad but uh so the biggest that that was the biggest change even changing the fueling on the jd unit you know they have it they all threes would be completely stock and then and then adding you know kind of their standard setting was was pretty good made the bike a little bit more peppy they're a little richer um on the bottom more so in the mid but then they're leaner up on top and it gave the bike a little bit better over rev and just a kind of a 
a, a little bit longer pull on top, which is kind of strange for, for it being leaner. Usually leaner means it signs off quicker, but that's what happened. Uh, but I was able to find that if I, um, so if I compressed the, uh, I got to get this, I got to get this straight because I always get backwards. So when you're, when you're, when you're tightening that spring up, you're actually putting more um, preload on it and it, and the power valve opens, opens sooner. And when I was like about a half to three quarters of a turn in, the bike got really snappy, um, like motocross snappy. I was kind of surprised because I, I was under the impression that it would that it was maybe harder to do that with the fuel injection, but it got plenty snappy. And uh, and then you could you could open it up and also make it bog or you know or pull longer um, without that power valve opening. So if you wanted to ride like a lot of times, I want to ride that bike a gear high, and by going like a half turn more in. It, it made it so it really woke up when I was, you know, riding that gear high style. And if I was like wanting to rev more, I could close it down and then, and then kind of keep it mellow. So it didn't have that surge or that pickup in the mid range. So pretty good, um, overall, uh, uh, you know, a noticeable change in, and they, like I say, they don't want you to adjust it. Uh, but I didn't see any downsides to it, but in conjunction with having the JD tuner and then playing around a little bit with that, I could just like on the four strokes, you could actually make some pretty significant uh, changes. And that was on a bike that was otherwise, um, completely stock. So that was my experience with the, um, with the, uh, thing. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for, uh, telling, telling Grant that I said 33 to 37 there. Got it. Yeah, that is Mojave Bob that's in the house. Yeah, he lives here in Prump now. He's he's uh, slowly uh, destroying our town because he he doesn't go to the bars and support the local economy like he's supposed to. He goes to uh, yoga. Yeah, yeah, yoga, right, Bob? Yeah, hot yoga, huh? <laughs> is your instructor hot? Uh, she's older than I am. Older than you. Uh, you better find a new yoga. Let's see. Uh, oil. Mark wanted to know about oil. Why would you want to add oil? to the gas um it's already doing it kind of perfect uh for you so um yeah i wouldn't um i wouldn't worry about it it seems like it's doing pretty good uh actually here's here's <laughs> you want to see you want to see how much i trust it uh go look at the dirt bike test instagram you probably have about another hour or two because i think it keeps those stories up there for an hour check our story and you will see how fast a ktm 300 tpi goes at night yeah and that's a that was I held it wide open for a pretty substantially long time, and then I just shut her down, and it just pulled up to a nice little clean idle. And uh, if your bike isn't jetted perfect, you don't have the right oil ratio in there. That's probably something uh, you wouldn't do. But I did it anyways because in the name of testing. Why did your buddy decide to go to the two nineteen plug on his KT on his twenty twenty or KTM decided there was a better one? Uh, oh, he's replying to. Greg, what did Greg say? I don't know. Let's see. He was curious. Oh, the oh the spark plug. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I've seen people play with the CRKX 500s and adding fuel injection. I just thought uh, it was interesting personally. But how does this stuff get started? Um, 500 two strokes are dead. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see. Bob does goat yoga. Uh, see, this is you're just going down the internet pipelines. Okay, so what we're gonna start? We're gonna switch gears here. Um, I'll switch gears. Hold on. I'll reach off here our screen. Uh, tonight's tequila is a uh, Ragosa. You may remember this one. This is a uh, George. Oh, it's the wrong. That's a that looks like the label to me. Yeah, Ragosa. Yeah, imported from uh, Cabo San Lucas. Thanks, George. Uh, I'll have this, and then I'll probably really want to buy your um, your three hundred. So uh, we're going to move over onto the Cristini. And this, this is a probably a good time to have a little shot right now. So we put the, the, the test up earlier today. We ta you know tagged it on Facebook and uh, put it out there. I'll leave this out here so you can just drool. Um, Dave Phillips says, and I quote, Trust me, this bike is a pile of shit, Kevin Beck. <laughs> so... Dave Phillips, do you do you have a Christini? Have you ridden a new Christini? I'm kind of guessing you haven't because the one that I have is one of the first ones, and 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 I don't know who Kevin is, but I suspect Kevin's probably like you know your buddy that has one, and he probably rides better than you or something, and you're just 
like jealous. But this is this is where all this crap goes on the on the on the internet. And like like I said, some of the some of the, even some of the chatter in the in the forum gets out of hand, or it's not it's not like I mean it's okay to have kind of some fun. And uh, let's see, Dave Phillips is a uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say those words out loud because I want kids to watch this show. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, it's like, what do you what do you know about that bike? Have you ridden one? I, we are trying to to accurately describe the bike. Okay, um, I do some work with Christini. I've helped him with some of their fuel injection stuff. And the reason you're not seeing a full test on that bike where I talk about exactly how it is is because I have not ridden it enough to comment on things like how the durability. Um, the absolute, you know, how the suspension, you know, completely performs. I haven't had time to go and play with the cl clickers. Um, I already know it's soft. I know the intended market for that bike. It's a trail rider guy. It's not a guy who's going trying to win races or going to be, you know, desert racing. It's more of the dual sport trail riding guy. For that, the suspension is really good. We explain that kind of stuff. I mentioned that the clutch pull is actually better than on the Honda motor that that motor so much copies. But when you look at parts, you know, there's things like the radiator shrouds have a small aluminum connector that connect from the frame where they should attach to where the shroud goes. So we're very honest about the way that that bike works, but pile of shit, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, that's, that's kind of out there. And this is, this is where this kind of stuff gets started. And you don't even, you haven't even given this thing a chance. I bet you, you would think my beloved Husaberg is a pile of shit. And those are fighting words in this, in this particular building. Yeah. So, um, so I, I would like to actually, you know what, you should let me test David Phillips. Let me test your motorcycle, bring your perfect Bob bitchin' bike out here, bring it out here. And I would like to test it. Cause I want to see what your level is so we can actually find out where pile of shit is. And if your bike makes anything else like a pile of shit or anything that we talk about, I will say that. I will honestly say that, you know what? David Phillips, Dave Phillips should be designing and developing motorcycles for all the manufacturers because his stuff is on point. So anyways, David Phillips, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the comment. And uh, we look forward to uh, hearing from you in the near future. <laughs> right? Cheers. Um, mm. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. But we don't. I don't see if we have any other um, questions here. I saw the, <laughs> I saw the comments. Let's see. On some, let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, okay, and 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 you know what? So San Felipe Bob has a lot of uh, permission to talk about the Cristini because he actually raced the two fifty. It's actually a two eighty a CRF two eighty X that I had. He rode it in the Takati Enduro one year, and. Uh, um, so he's, he has a lot of experience with it. I've put him on it when we've been trail riding up in the mountains. Uh, and it, it actually, in some of the stuff, it actually took him up a little bit of a level and the bike does have a recluse clutch and it's very easy to ride, but the all wheel drive, when you start letting it do what it does, which is kind of traction control, it's, uh, it's kind of an advantage. I, I think really where that with the heavier, the bike, the better it seems to work, um, in my experience. And that's the other thing about the Christini. It's heavy. Dave Phillips, you could have said it was a heavy piece of shit, and I would have given you like twenty percent more credibility. But it is heavy. It it, it kind of hits the scales that yeah, I think it's like three hundred and five is where we did it with the full weight, which means it's a it's kind of a portly bike. But when you're riding, it sure doesn't feel that heavy. Does it feel that heavy, Mitch? Yeah, Mitch. Mitch did some compared to my six fifty L. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like a really light six fifty L with just as much power. <laughs> so and all wheel drive. So um, Mitch did some of the braking on the bike. Um, uh, when we first got it here. So, uh, okay. I think that's enough. So yeah, Bob can answer Bob. You can handle, you can take all the Christini questions. Uh, <laughs> as we go, let's see how different are these compared to the old, what is the, what was that question? Scrolled by old Christini builds. We used to see it in Dural cross. Um, so, so, uh, the the older Christini's a lot of more conversion. So he first started by doing conversion kits. So you would send him a frame. They would they would do all the conversions to it and uh, send then then they would send it back and you would assemble it. They'd come with all their parts and the you know the triple clamps and all the stuff it needed to convert. But then he never really had a manufacturer bite on it. And 
So he decided to go and have his own bike produced. And he has the one that's kind of, it's it's the same as the, the SSRs. I don't know. It's a company called Asia Wing that, that basically kind of builds knockoff motorcycles. And he went there and, and had them, uh, it's kind of a collaboration. And we talk a little bit about where all the parts come from in the story. Uh, but it But it's basically built in a few different factories over there. And then they're assembled over here with parts for his all-wheel drive stuff that's made here. And that's sort of where you get kind of the Christini. But it's um, – I, I, one of the things I'd like to do with this bike as we keep it for a while is I'd like to start switching over some Honda parts into the – maybe into the motor and stuff, see if that makes that much of a difference. But the 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 Asian motors have been pretty durable lately. Um, they, there was a time when they were breaking, and it's probably just like – you know, some of the other bikes, you know, some of these manufacturers, even though it's like made in Japan, it's mostly made in China. It's just shipped over to Japan and assembled there and or the whole engine is shipped over. And uh, the, the quality control is getting better. It has to. And um, so that's probably the biggest question. That's a question I intend to answer before I uh, write a full test of the bike. So, uh, but um, these are, uh, it's... I think they're. I think they're just as. Eh, I, I would say you'd probably, if you really wanted to have a, a, a you know, a, a KTM like or a Honda like bike, you would start with a KTM or Honda and have the conversion done. This is like starting with something that's a little bit more like along the lines of something like a, a Kawasaki KLR or another one of those. You know, like some of the Honda CRFFs that are built not in Japan, and you can you can see it. The quality is definitely a little bit a little bit uh, different, but not enough to draw concerns and especially not if you're just going to buy it as a trail riding bike heck the military buys these things and when those guys are riding them evidently their lives are probably in jeopardy so they trust them enough uh i don't know that's probably not saying much right <laughs> as 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 somebody who rode in around in a tank right at some point it's like helicopters right helicopters yeah well you're still here <laughs> uh let's see um Octagon. What about the Octagon? I like the Octagon. Um, it's a big deal to decide to buy a two-wheel drive bike and then go. It would be uh, smarter to pick up a cheaper bike first. Um, uh, let's see. Bob's going to handle that. Let's see. Jimmy Lewis dust for the first time on a Christini. Let's see. Uh, here we go. Let's see. Why is Taylor Roberts not involved in Dakar? Um I think Taylor Roberts is involved in winning uh, the work series right now. That's probably his main uh, focus. So, you know, you know how like guys get old and then they go race Dakar. <laughs> He's not old enough yet. I guess I don't know. I I, I imagine if that's where his path takes him, um, uh, he might uh, might want to do that. Who knows? So the Christini is still lighter than a DRZ. Uh, I don't have the weight on a DRZ, but you're you're barking up the right tree. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, Let's see where we're at here. Hey, Jimmy. David, that's always a great comment. <laughs> uh, as I'm trying to sift through these ones to get to the, to get to the question. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. The military guys buy KLRs that run on diesel. Are they still doing that? Mm-hmm. Still, still having the, the diesels and stuff? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, we, we actually have a post on the site about the Christini. The Christini actually developed a... Um, rotary powered electric uh bike because the there was a there was a basically a mandate from the military they it's more of a mobile power source is what it is but it had to be two-wheeled it had to be all-wheel drive and uh so they there's there's some information on that on our website you can search that as well um (laughs) let's see uh yes the army had the best equipment sure they did Okay. Uh, hey, product of the week. I'm going to tell you why I pick this. This is my Climb Tactical Pro jersey. Uh, don't. Hey, wait. The advertising's falling apart here. Uh, I'll just put it back up there. That's right. Woody was there. Woody would have yeah, Red Woody would have held it up if I had a guest host. Um, the Dust Bunny that rides around in the motorhome. I'm going to spill. I'm probably going to spill everything when I do this. But anyways, this jersey is called a Climb tactical pro jersey it was formerly the dakar pro and the reason i'm talking about this is so last night when i was out riding i uh lost my front end in a turn and i i, I kind of laid down on my belly right on a punji stick 
a a tree that somebody had cut and uh and it was it was kind of it was kind of sharp and stuff and i have a little teeny tiny scratch on my big belly but the funny thing is is if you've ever so these jerseys are built like they're they're tanks it probably it's probably maybe three times the weight of a current jersey but it's it's completely vented i mean you can you can literally i can see i can literally almost see through it and the material is like well let's see what it is it te- it says um let's see Four-way stretch woven Cordura nylon construction. So I think that's this this stuff here. And if I had not been wearing that, I'd probably have a hole in my stomach right now. <laughs> so, um, but I have I like I said I have a little scratch. And actually, if you look if you look closely at this, you can actually see there's like a there's like a line where the where the where the branch it almost like kind of polished the the material, but. This is the jersey I wear most of the time, um, especially in the summer when it's when it's uh, hot out. I actually wear it quite a bit in the winter. I'll just wear something underneath. It's, it's so vented. Um, it has a it has some stretchy uh, material up here in the shoulders that has like pads built into it, like kind of probably about the double the pads of a normal thing. But it's a hundred and forty dollar jersey, and you're saying, man, it's a lot for a jersey. It's it's along the lines of jacket price, uh, but considering i don't have punji marks and like i've been wearing this thing for two years uh since it let's see it came out in 2013 no the the takar pro came out in 2013 so this is probably a couple years older and it doesn't have a tear in it um it's uh frankly it's awesome so i'm actually when i when i post this up on the website this tech talk i will probably tag this through the uh through the amazon banner because this is the product we're talking about uh Heavily, it comes heavily recommended, even at 140 bucks. It's probably the last jersey you'll have to buy. Um, and once you don't have punji stick in your stomach, you will uh, appreciate that. So, um, uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, let's see. What do they? What do they say here? They say um, most durable materials to shrug off trailside debris, branch encounters, and other formerly unforgettable riding incidents. Yeah, I still I still uh, believe that. It has a pocket. The pocket actually has a little piece of foam so you can wipe your goggles and stuff, but it's a good place to kind of carry your carry your phone. Uh little things like that, a cookie, if you will. Um maybe a Kate's bar like this, Kate's bar. Uh yeah, cuz that's what you need to carry so you don't get tired on the trail cuz if you do then then you can't go riding with me if you have food eating problems. So, uh, thanks to Kate's bar, they've been a long time uh sponsor of us uh climb as well has been a long time uh sponsor of dirt bike tests so uh good on you i'm glad that i could uh, tell you how much i like that particular jersey uh on to the next questions shannon mariner asks will isde ever come to the usa uh you know what's funny is just the other day i saw something that said it's coming to the usa and it's coming to ohio i don't know where i saw it i didn't do i didn't verify it even before i went on the show i kind of went and did a quick little uh search hey good george get that get that um tag up there (laughs) get that link up there you need you need to put a link somehow through our amazon account so we, we can get a nickel or two from this but uh I, I tried to do some research to see if it is coming to the USA and I couldn't find anything in any of the news. I don't remember where I saw it. Probably just went across a social media channel. So I believe it about as much as um, I believe Dave Phillips thinking that um, that that bike was a pile of shit. So, uh, but, um, uh, you know, the, the, I hope they pick someplace better than, than the John Zink Ranch to have it. And if it's in Ohio, I guess they could, you know, put it someplace cool back there. Um, since the AMA is there, that gives it even a little bit more credibility that that's where they try to have it. But, uh, um, anyways, yeah, it'd be nice to see the ISD come to the, uh, come to the United States. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe somebody, somebody can Google that and do better searching than I did. Uh, uh, George has another question. George says, I think he's asking for a friend. Let's see. What's the non-metallic gray flaky stuff deep down in the pleats of my KTM 1190 oil filter? Um, seen gasket material of this color and some O-rings before. Uh, and it says, Axe Jimmy, he'll know. Uh, yes, you're correct. It's generally gasket material. So in my experience on those motors, some of the gaskets that, that go in the oil, does that have external oil lines? I know on my 990, 950, 
the O-rings that go on the uh, that go on the um, the that that go to the external oil lines that kind of plug back into the cases had green uh, O-rings on them. And a lot of times when those things would go in the sleeves, they would kind of sliver a little bit and stuff would get in there. Uh, yeah, there's there's definitely some green gasket material in there. So I would I would go with that. Um, otherwise, I have no idea where it could come from. Because um, the, the, the cam chain sliders in there are generally kind of an orange or a, you know kind of a natural color. Uh, so unless someone's screwing with you and putting uh, gummy bears inside of your oil, uh, I don't know... Uh, what it could be but probably probably gasket material um i don't know where you know if if the bike is old and it's kind of a new thing that's just coming out of nowhere uh that might be a little bit of concern because the oil filter is your kind of first uh step in deciding how healthy is my motor is there you know if i ever hear noises in my motor the first thing i go and check is i change the oil and i check the oil filter to see if um there's anything revealing in there, you know, if there's pieces of metal or whatnot. And, you know, over the life of the motor, you're always going to see like little aluminum flakes and maybe some, some bearing kind of materials and stuff that come off of races. Is there, is there any green bearing races in there? I don't, I don't know. Um, haven't, haven't had to take one of those motors apart yet. So I don't, yeah, a seal. Yeah. I, I don't really know that there's any green seals in there. Uh, to speak of either but i mean for a seal to start getting chewed up it's got to be something going on but i would suspect that if it's not accompanied by any awkward noises it's probably nothing to worry about unless it kind of continues and then then i would start getting worried but if it's a if it's a new bike or it's the first time you've really checked it put a new filter in and start over again or you know clean the if it's a stainless one which i run a lot of my bikes i clean them out really good on a on a white you know on a nice white um, towel and uh, then look and see what the debris is and go from there so uh okay let's see oh <laughs> yeah uh so second to facebook on the uh on the uh, lines of uh interesting yet uh, strangely idiotic comments uh i'm gonna have to have a sip for this one mm-hmm uh, woody one films asks woody films a quick question has anyone tried to make their stock dirt bike exhaust look like an FMF exhaust with stickers and paint? Woody, I'm running out to my garage after I do this to shoot that video. I'm going to show you how to make uh, a stock pipe look like an FMF one with stickers and paint. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's the kind of thing you can find that you know i've always i've always wanted to know how to get a hundred thousand views on youtube and i think you've just given me the answer because there is there is that is the best thing ever i <laughs> uh, i'm gonna do that i'm gonna get i'll i'll, I'll, I'll i'm gonna have to i'm man as soon as uh 759 rolls around here i'm heading out to the garage because i'm gonna have that video up first um he actually saw what he saw was i did this thing where i i would actually take an FMF sticker and I could hold it behind a pulsating four stroke muffler and I could get the, the pulses to actually peel the backing off the sticker so I could stick it on something. Um, you can search that video out in our someplace. It's on our YouTube someplace, but, uh, so, uh, it still doesn't have a hundred thousand views, but this one will, <laughs> um, Jock, warrior said, I think I just watched an infomercial. And he's talking about our KT or our Honda Africa Twin um, review, where we reviewed the DCT bike. And John Beck and I sat on, and both of us pontificated and went on to great lengths how incredible and how much we liked the DCT on the Africa Twin, which we did. I'm not lying. I don't. I'm not going to sugarcoat it or bullshit it because I think that I can get some, you know extra money from a manufacturer because i say something nice about the bike they're pushing absolutely honda's pushing the dct that's their that's their flagship technology that's just like christini with two-wheel drive with all-wheel drive that's what sets his bike apart that's what they're pushing the dct frankly if you're really just adventure riding and you're not trying to do something super technical and you're you know what you're doing probably 90 what all of us are doing 95 percent of the time we're on our adventure bike that DCT is brilliant. It's really good. And the fact that you can manual shift it with your thumb, or maybe it's the thumb and finger. I forget. I haven't ridden one for a while. I'd love to have that on my KTM 1090 or a 790 or 
whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. So, uh, if you think you just watched an infomercial, you should be careful of what you watch on the internet. Because if you got a, came across a real infomercial, infomercial <laughs> you might either be completely sold because it maybe comes across like a, they're trying to they're trying to be honest, or you're so skeptical that you can't tell um, honest advice from someone that's trying to sell you something. So, uh, yeah, I don't think you watched an infomercial. You just watched a couple of guys honestly talking about a dirt bike. So. Uh, yeah, but thanks for watching, uh, Jala, Jala Warrior. <laughs> uh, Mike Sandpoint commented, Hello, Jail. How about if you just took the top of the airbox and put on a slip-on exhaust on? Would you have to tune it, or will it be good to go? He is talking about the CRF450X. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I um, said this 100 times. And I'll say it again, just to be absolutely 100% clear. If you start changing something on a, on, a, on a bike that, you know, it's a system. And if you change one thing, you're probably going to have to change something else. So on that bike specifically, especially since it is emissions compliant, generally there's kind of be lean. So you, all of a sudden you're going to let more air in and let more air out. You need to add more fuel. So the answer is... Yes, you will have to tune it, and it will not be good to go if you don't. It'll run really ratty. It'll probably make less power. And, uh, yeah, no, you have to tune it. You, If you want it to run properly, you have to tune it. Um, you know, on a lot of the, the motocross bikes, you know, they, they will – you can put – aftermarket exhaust you're not really gonna i mean they're already pretty open on the air intake but you can do exhaust and stuff and they've tuned those to run with the stock system knowing that most guys are just gonna you know slip something on or just bolt something on and not go to the lengths to do it properly but so they tune those things that way um on the uh on the on the emissions compliant bikes absolutely you're going to need to do something uh to do that and uh mon ton commented oh this is a good one best video on youtube for the exp disc and for the recluse. Thank you, Montan. I appreciate that. Uh, you got to call up the Jala warrior and, uh, <laughs> and uh, tell him we make good videos. So he's talking about the, uh, the recluse clutch disc explained, where we basically just uh, stand around and take a, a recluse clutch apart and explain to you kind of how it does what it does, and then talk about some different tuning options that... Uh, make you a little more aware of how you can get that thing set up properly uh, for you. And maybe the way that Recluse sends it is perfect for you. For, for the way that Recluse sends it, I have to dink with it a little bit. And most people don't like the way that I have mine set up because my bike drags. When I put it in gear, it's like I'm always slipping the clutch a little bit. Yeah, Bob's sitting here telling me I'm the best Recluse, recluse clutch tuner in the world. So um, but that's, you know, he's weird. So not my fault. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to, uh, go through here and see what, um, Tim, Tim says, uh, Tim says, thank you again for your hard work. Hey Tim. Yeah. Thank you for your hard work. I see you've been out riding around with, uh, with, uh, Dave that gives me, um, Hey Jimmy, <laughs> uh, uh, I need to come out and visit you sometime out there and, uh, and see if I can knock you off your bar stool there at Randsburg. Uh, let's see, uh, green stuff. Yeah, I got that. Um, do you wear your underwear backwards? Asking for a friend. Okay, now we're now we're going down. Uh, San Felipe Bob's going to get untop fanned. Um, and Mark Daniels wants to know why I wear my underwear backwards, right? Or why? why <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure. I lose track. You know, it's hard to keep track of all this stuff. One of these days, we're going to do this show professionally. I'm going to have a producer in here. They're going to board's going to actually have stuff that's important. We're going to cut to videos that we've produced. I have all these visions. Actually, somebody I'm going to get these up on um up on uh the 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 um, podcasting sites. Uh, I I actually went on to a something that kind of helps you uh, manage workflow and things like that. Oh, Mitch, you just made me thirsty. I see the Rainier over there. <laughs> Imported from uh Washington. You know, I wrote, I, I got to look at those. I got to up there. I looked at all those. I got to show you a video. I can't put it up on the, I can't put it up on the internet, but it's a good little video clip I made um, up there. Uh, so um, anyways, um, 
Let's see. Mark Daniels, no. Why the FMF sticker on the stock pipe? Um, I didn't do that. Did I do that? Let's see. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, that's now Heather. Now my wife's on there. She's telling me I'm not being nice. You you gotta you gotta listen from the beginning there, honey. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, didn't I study this media stuff in college? I forgot everything I learned in college. Uh, so we are getting, uh, getting down to the last 10 minutes here. If we can, uh, hold out, it seems like it's going to, it's going, uh, down the tubes. Uh, I was, let's see, what's the other, what's the other question I had here someplace? Oh yeah. Uh, buy t-shirts, uh, uh, go to the dirtbiketest.com. There's a click on the button that says store. You can get a nice t-shirt like this, although we are getting low on a few of the more popular designs. Um, and then, uh, when they're gone, uh, they might be gone. I don't know. Uh, they could be collectors, uh, collectors items. Um, going back to painting the pipe and putting a sticker on, <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I'm still, I'm still amazed. You know, you can pretty much find out how to do anything you want on, uh, on YouTube, good or bad. So, and you know what I need somebody to do? There's this kid that does this thing called Torture Test Magazine. I brought him up uh, on the thing before. He actually sent me a letter uh, that that uh, was just saying he had some new content, which is kind of strange for a, for a digitally-based uh, company to send me a letter to my P.O. box to tell me that there was new content up. Uh, probably because he's finding that, <laughs> that Facebook's and stuff doesn't want to promote his stuff without him paying for it. But... Uh, Get me in touch with this kid. Uh, I'd like to like to talk to him. I think he'd be a good addition. Um, he's got a good heart. He's doing the. Uh, he's uh, he's he's got a. He's kind of doing the things that that people want to see done. Um, a little coaching, I think, uh, he'd be a good a good test rider. So, and someone else I saw wanted to know um, how can I be retired and uh, ride dirt bikes all the time. Hmm. I think you have to to uh yeah george will advise on <laughs> george will advise on that yeah i what is it uh, 30 years on the on the force yeah police department you can do that you can have a day job um you can uh if you don't get by a car yes caltrans is a good good thing um i found that uh, being a professional motorcycle rider and then like kind of milking that for all it's worth was uh was pretty good uh, to a certain extent, but I also learned how to put the period at the end of the sentence. And, and, um, like Bob told me, if you just write, like you talk, it'll be easy. Told me that when I was like 18, you know, when I was, then I thought I was going to be a professional motorcycle racer. And you're like, you're never going to be a professional motorcycle racer. You should invest in your, uh, your, um, um, medical insurance, which meant go to school. You don't remember this. Yeah, you told me that. You said if you just write like you talk, you, it'll be easy. Because I, I was probably telling you that um, English is hard. I don't, I can't learn this stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, so I know it's horrible. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> hey, it communicates to my audience. They understand what I'm talking about most of the time. Well, some of the time. Uh, so what's the secret? Let's see. Uh, got my gray collector DBT. You did not get a gray collector DBT shirt, Mark. Uh, I'm pretty sure of that like this one here, these are for special people. You have to come and work. That's that requires a little bit of a little bit of work to get the, to get those ones. So I see questions coming across, but I'm not seeing them on the uh, on the thing. Let's see. You just don't spell like you talk. It's hard to read too. <laughs> Uh, okay, Johnny Williams, uh, on a YZ250F, I took the bull off the carburetor and cleaned the jets. Now it idles fast in gear and just fine in neutral. Is there an attachment on the carb that can fix this? It idles fast in gear. That's strange. It shouldn't, I mean, it, it, essentially you should have a little bit of drag. Um, what year, I don't know what year your YZ250F is, and I don't know whether they have a shift position sensor in there. I know on some of the WRs they do, so it knows what gear it's in. So there might be something to that. Maybe you neglected to plug that back in. If there is a, a but then why would it? It can't. It's 
Yeah, well, but why would it? It wouldn't matter that it was in gear. There should be really no differentiation for gear, and unless it's adjusting like a stepper motor or something like that, which it doesn't do that. It, I can't see how that could. I can't see how that could happen. Actually, um, it's two thousand and twelve. Uh, yeah. So, wait, they had carburetors then. When? <laughs> what year are we in? I have to go back in my in my memory. Um, you know what? If you took it apart and cleaned the, if you used carb cleaner and stuff and squirted it in there, there's something inside of that carburetor called the mid body of the carburetor, and it's those it's those um, safety Allen bolts, and the carburetor comes apart into about six pieces. Uh, when you take this apart, I bet you that you will find that whatever you use to clean it uh, melted something inside of the mid body. And I don't know why it's doing different idling in or out of gear. That doesn't necessarily make sense. Uh, but you might want to uh, look into a mid body uh, carb rebuild kit to uh, to solve that because um, that's the, the gas these days is bad if you've ever run. Uh, race fuel, uh, for instance, in the uh, in the bike, sometimes that stuff can eat at the eat at the uh, gaskets, and for sure, carb cleaner can if it if it sits in there for very uh, long. Let's see, uh, sh- shift uh, position sensors on YZs for emissions. No, they would be on the WRs for the emissions, or they would be on on current more current YZs to enable different mapping for uh, different uh, gear selection. So it's it can be used for emissions for sure, but it can be used also to make the bike run better in like kind of a competition, a competition settings. Gray and white, not the red and blue one, but I wear it proudly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the that got it. Thank you, thank you, Mark. That it, you, you do. I just want to make sure none of my no. I don't. I gotta go track down the knockoff shirts. You know, some guy. Yeah, you can probably buy a DBT shirt in Tijuana or Mexicali. Um, I got some pretty cool Fox gear down there once. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, mid body gaskets got his on eBay. Yep. Um, so all balls make some, uh, moose racing kind of rebrands the, uh, the all balls kits and stuff like that. Uh, but they are, uh, yeah. Uh, just be careful when you're pulling that thing apart, not to strip out those, uh, those, uh, nuts, those, uh, those hex heads, they're Torx bits or security Torx bits. And usually the kits come with the replacement screws. If you do, you can kind of use a small little chisel and uh, get those things back together. So, um, uh, and uh, Bob says he can vouch for Mark Daniels. That's that's good. I don't know what that, you probably vouch for me sometimes, and that worries me as well. So, San Felipe, Bob. Uh, <laughs> did you answer all the Christini questions? That's, that's important. I need someone to kind of... Um, yeah, take take that one over. So yeah, and I think guys are having uh, internet form uh, love there. You know, I, you know what I should start doing? I start taking calls. Right? Did that make this a little bit better if I actually took calls? I actually would try to get guests, but like nobody wants to come. I don't even want to be in Perump when it's a hundred and it was nice today. It was only like ninety eight, but I had to, like last night I went riding. I had to wait almost till the sun went down, and someone told me yes, I should have had a Baja Design headlight on it, and they're absolutely right, but. I'm going to keep this bike for a little while. I'm actually waiting because Baja Designs has this new, they have a good helmet light, but in conjunction with Moto Minded, they're building a new uh, battery powered helmet light that will, that means I can use it on any bike because um, I can just carry the battery in my backpack. And and they actually even have them so that you can plug it, um, you can plug it into the, you can double it up onto the stock battery and it doesn't draw enough to, to run that thing dead. But uh, the KTM XC headlight was actually not as bad as, uh, I was expecting. Um, it was, uh, pretty, um, it was pretty good. Uh, so, I mean, not compared to anything that's really good, which is most of the stuff these days, but, uh, for a stock headlight, at least it wasn't sending, um, light up into outer space. Uh, I asked earlier what forks came on the TPI bikes. Uh, Depends on the bike. The XCWs come with the uh, WP Explore fork. Um, it's an open cartridge fork. It has uh, compression damping on one side and rebound damping on the other, although the forks damp in both directions, both sides, just adjustable only for um, one direction on each side. Uh, the adjustments really work. I Frankly, I think that's some of the best uh, off-road suspension I've ridden um, on any any bike. And... 
I was I was really I was really stoked on the the WR450 that we had lately for the slower stuff. I got my Honda working really good, and um, I have a 2019 KTM 350 EXC that I was kind of using. It. The KTM EXC, the 2019, was a little wallowy compared to those two bikes, and whatever they've done in in 2020, they've gotten rid of some of that wallowy feeling, um, and then added. A certain amount of bottoming resistance because I expected there was some ditches I dropped into and hit some bigger bumps yesterday. Um, and I, I mean, I raced the bike uh, at a at a works race that had um, a motocross track on it with some pretty big doubles. And I wasn't actually going to jump one of them because I was kind of worried about. I was more worried about the bike sucking up the the takeoff than than you know what it was going to do on the landing. Um, and, uh, it was, it was really good. And what, and, and so to kind of roll back to that, um, uh, I raced the, uh, what class did I ride? 50A on the, the 300. And, uh, the, the guy I was racing against for, for the, on the motocross track in the beginning was on an SX. He was on a, a KTM SX, uh, was his, his bike. And I don't know exactly what his, his setup was or anything, but, um, I thought I would. I thought I was going to suffer quite a bit around the motocross track, and in fact, I I didn't. And I thought that KTM had clicked the compression on the fork and the shock up. I know on the 150 they did. On the 150 they had it turned so it was only four clicks out. And at my weight on the 150, that was a good thing. Uh, but when uh, I rode that, I raced that bike. It was literally stock, stock, 100% stock, running on pump gas. Um, I'd, I'd probably rode it for, before I raced it, I, I, well, before I rode the first unclassified race, the practice on it, I'd ridden it from the track, did a photo shoot for about 20 minutes, and then went straight to the start line. So when they start talking about ready to race, it was pretty much ready to race with stock clickers. Uh, and then the 150, and funny thing about that, that 150 that I raced is uh, the KTM 150s overall, two of the four races that, I, that were big bike friendly that weren't pro races, but in the, in the open a class, not bad for a 150, huh? Yeah. So I guess you need more power. <laughs> so, um, but all they did to the 150 was crank the compression adjuster on the forks, uh, quite a bit, but the XC has the air fork, the 48 AER fork. Um, you know, it's set up for off road. Uh, they just kind of checked the air pressure on it. And the, the, when I rode the 250 XC, it was basically stock, uh, setting stock pressure, um, they just set the ride height for me and uh, went out there. But on the on that on the on the open cartridge fork specifically, the way that the compression seems to work is it's it's a little bit more of a mid speed compression adjuster than it is completely low speed because you don't feel it so much on the low speed, but it does adjust the ride height. The more you click that in, the more the fork kind of comes up, and and it, it'll let you know when you've gone too far because it will get a little bit deflecty. Um, and then when you, when you go too soft, you can feel it go down and then the bike starts handling funny. It'll get either unstable or, or get really sluggish, uh, feeling. So, uh, that's kind of the, the, the range of where that fork is. But, uh, right now I'm claiming some of the best, uh, stock suspension I've, I've ever ridden. And in the, in the, with the PDS, they went there, you know, they've been using that progressive spring, which I remember back in the day, we had a magic setup on the PDS and that's what we used to run was a progressive spring on it. So pretty uh pretty good there uh let's see can a tuner resolve bottoming resistance while making slower bump uh where did that just just disappeared can a tuner uh let's see let's see i have the explorer forks in my 500 xcw let's see can a tuner improve bottoming resistance while maintaining slower bump trail compliance on a kayaba sss fork uh, yes, but you know, the best way to control the bottom resistance is just adding oil. Um, and before you send it to a tuner, um, I would suggest if you want to get more bottoming resistance, just add, you know, five cc's to each leg, just shoot it in through the, um, through the air bleed hole and see if that, uh, solves the problem. Uh, generally they come, they'll, the manual will tell you where they put the standard oil level or the amount that they put in. And usually you have a good enough range to be able to add some, but that's, if you like the initial bump compliance where it's at, 
um, try just adding some oil and that that'll it'll actually make it more progressive at the end of the stroke and really help the uh, help the bottoming but you know any good suspension tuner can I mean with today's modern suspension they can get it to do anything if you can communicate it to them and they're you know halfway decent it doesn't it doesn't take 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 much uh let's see um Man, the question, see, it's like this lull around 45 minutes and then like 10 minutes to go, here go the questions. We're just rapid fire questions at the end of the show here. Um, hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, that's not a question. Uh, Chris uh, J. Pilatus, I have a 2009 KX450 Christini. Just turn, tuned in, missed your discussion earlier. In your opinion, why isn't Christini a bigger phenomenon? Chris, you really got to listen to the whole show. But that's why we put it up on YouTube, and you can go watch the reruns there. I'm going to have them up on podcasts, so the next time you're stuck in a car driving someplace, I can bore you uh, to your next destination. Or um, we usually put these up right away back on uh, Facebook and just uh, cut through the first five minutes where it's really boring, and then we get into it a little bit deeper. Um, Bo thinks it was the cost of the Christini. Um I don't think so. I mean, you think about what you pay to get a, you know, like a four wheel drive truck, you know, it's, there's a premium added to that and there's advantages and disadvantages. And I think right now, motorcycles in most people's opinion do not need all wheel drive. I think for some things, trail riding, adventure bike riding, I think, uh, it would be a huge, huge advantage. It's just going to allow you to go more places, uh, go there easier, less stress. You can go in the snow, all kinds of stuff. Uh, I have it at standard level, once the initial bump compliance, but it does bottom pretty good when pushing it harder. Yeah, Dan, go try that oil level. Simple, cheap. That's like, that's my, uh, that's my thing. I'm a cheap person and I'll tell you how to do it for free before I'm going to ask you to spend, uh, $400, uh, to go, to go do it. At least you can, at least you can kind of, kind of try that. So we overshot it I'm a few minutes over. Um, I'm, uh, down to my last little sip here. Uh, at least my wife's not telling me to quit being mean to everybody. I guess I redeem myself. So for uh, this episode, hey, next week I'm planning. Uh, I didn't see uh, Chris from Wattweiler show up, but I'm planning on doing it live from Wattweiler Performance because uh, there's some new bike intros uh, next week that I'm going to go to in California on the motocross tracks. So I'll be down there. I think he wants to lock me in the dyno. And so nobody can hear me. So that'd probably be the best uh, show that we've done. Maybe you can get more ratings than the uh, Andrew Short one. I know John's afraid to come back because he's uh, always judged. But hey, that one from my motorhome last week actually didn't do too bad. So uh, that's it. Support us on uh, on Amazon at the bottom of the stories. Uh, think that uh, buying a T-shirt wouldn't help, but make sure you do it in the next couple of days because I hated the guy who, uh, poor guy, he sent me the the t-shirt order like the day before i left to go up to washington so it took a little while um and let's see i'm running a bib and tubeless in the rear you should try i've run all those things before i run uh nitro mooses and i have a lot of bikes with uh, flat tires in the garage right now because they sit around and there's a tubeless in them so uh okay mitch uh and uh, yeah i'm gonna work on getting that beta one of these days so that's it We will catch you on the next one, and I will see you out on the trail. So cheers.